we've got to look back and look at you know objectively what is the point of case study and you know i don't want anyone out there listening to this to go oh case studies are great let's just do one for the sake of it there's always going to be a reasoning behind your marketing and so the reasoning behind the case studies for most of my clients and ourselves definitely is that we want more leads and more sales coming from this marketing activity this is super fast business with james shramko Helping you build your business super fast. James Franco here. Welcome back to superfastbusiness.com. This is episode 867. We're talking about case studies, which is a highly, highly effective marketing technique. I wanted to bring along a highly effective marketer for that. Welcome, Will Wang. Thanks for having me back, James. You're back and back and back and back. But every time you come back, I get all these nice comments. People say, oh, Will's so smart. Thanks for having Will. <laughs> I don't <laughs> You get the results. That's enough for me. I mean, I work closely with you. I help you with your business. I see a lot of the work you're doing with your clients. And for me, seeing behind the scenes gives me massive confidence in your abilities. And to see you keep hitting it out of the park with different techniques, I might add. You know, we have a Get Leads series here. And you've talked about all sorts of different techniques from cold outreach to case studies of uh, marketing campaigns you've run. We've also talked about copywriting. We've talked about artificial intelligence. Now we're talking about case studies. And I'm really interested in this one. As someone who's produced a lot of case studies because I've got successful clients and I've documented them and used them in different formats, podcast episodes like this one, like literally hundreds of my episodes of case studies, and they even have the words case study in them. I've got case studies all over my sales page and my checkout cart and inside my membership in the success thread. So I'd love to know what you've got to say about the topic, but I just want to say, first off, I am approaching this from a perspective of being a big believer in the power of a case study. Let's just start off by defining when someone talks about case study, what does that actually mean to you, Will? Yeah, my thoughts on case study is that it's a way of presenting a story about a business or a product that doesn't come from you having to tell it yourself. So really all it is for me, it's just a really good way of getting someone else to say how great we are or how great a product is and having their story behind it in a way that our ideal clients would relate to. Because you know, often it's not the best thing for a business to be shouting, hey, we're so awesome, we're great. It's so much more stronger to have a third party do that. So for me, the case studies are just a really effective way of having a client tell their story. I immediately thought of professional boxers when you said that. <laughs> they seem really good at talking themselves up. The other one that's interesting in the online space is you often hear marketers wheel out that classic old webinar line. It's like, look, I'm not telling you all of this to brag. Okay, well, maybe I am a little bit. I mean, that sort of stuff is so cheesy now. And if you are doing that marketing, please stop. Just stop. A little bit of vomit forms in my mouth when I hear those sort of things being wheeled out. It's so much more powerful when someone else tells people how well you're going and like that generates referrals. And the interesting thing is you use the word story. So you're saying a case study is a story from someone who has had a transformation. And I'm being deliberate with my words here. They've had a transformation using your product or service, and you've been able to document it in a hopefully a journalistic fashion rather than a sales and marketing fashion, rather than the pop box with the logo branded backdrop you have them in a more natural environment, especially when it's unsolicited. And I love those ones. We'll probably talk about how you can prompt case studies in this call because I definitely do that. But I also get unsolicited case studies coming through. 
and I can pull out plenty from my inbox, but I literally had one yesterday. They're saying, I'm ready to come and share my case study on your podcast. <laughs> I'm like, really? I said, well, tell me more. And they said, well, I've been, you know, I came along to your business when I had nothing and uh, I listened to your podcasts. I took some action. I entered your entry-level products, took more action. I got results. I went on board with the software you recommend. He was talking about 10X Pro. I got results. I'm now fully financially independent. I'm cranking. Life's fantastic. You're like the liberator in my life, the one fulcrum that moved everything. And I want to come and tell everyone about it. So that for me, it actually excites me. And he's talking about my own product or service, but I have a feeling that's going to be really, really motivating to someone who is in his position. From a story arc, it really does capture him from that earliest phase before the struggle. You know, he had a job and life was okay, but then he lost it. And that's what you were talking about in the last episode, I think we recorded on story. And it takes him through that whole journey. And someone will place themselves in his shoes and think, I could do that. I could probably do the same thing. And it does build trust in me as a coach and it builds trust in my recommendations. And I think the unsolicited ones are the sweetest of all. Let's just talk about all aspects of case studies. What do you want to talk to us today about when it comes to case studies, Will? Yeah, sure. So today, I think, why don't I share a little bit about what types of businesses should be using case studies, how to go and get people to volunteer, like what you just said, someone actually coming through and volunteering to be a case study. I think that'd be great for business owners to know about that. And then how do you actually get it done, right? What do you say? How do you ask questions? How do you write it up? I think maybe we can break it down from end to end. Knowing that you want to do a case study, how do you go and execute and actually get something like that done for yourself? Let's do it. And just, um, this is episode 867. We will put a transcription up of this. So, cause I know Will is going to share some, lots of really good information. Will, of course, from growthlabswithaz.com. If you like what Will's talking about and you want some help with case studies, he does this with you, for you. He'd probably teach you how to do it. Any combination of that, just get in touch with him. It's probably will at growthlabs.com. You send him an email. Is that right? Yep, that's it. <laughs> Thanks. Take it away, buddy. Cool. Perfect. So I guess maybe we can start with, you know, we've already touched on why case studies are so important and why they're so effective. Now, one of the other reasons that I, I absolutely love case studies too is in the example that you gave, James, someone's coming through and saying, hey, I took you know, your course of product, I've gone through it and it's changed my life. Now, as someone reading case study or seeing something like that, if they're just listening to you, you know, where you are now, it might be too much of a gap for them to comprehend. They might just think, look, James has been doing this for 10 years, 10 plus years, decades. He's got the experience and network. I don't know if I can do it as well. But for someone else who said, look, I was starting out without a network in, in this space, without all of these resources, and by following James's advice and teachings, I got to this situation, that's a lot more relatable. So that's one of the reasons why I love it so much. Case study is also good for businesses with a more, obviously, a very competitive market. So the online coaching space is very competitive with a lot of crap out there, let's, let's be honest. So it's good to get real case studies in a lot of them. And the second type of business who I think really benefit from having a case study are the ones with complicated products, I'd say. Products that aren't immediately obvious what you do. You're not selling a widget or a shoe. It's a product or a service or a piece of software that takes a little bit of thinking around what benefit you can provide to your customers. I think for those businesses, case studies are so powerful as well because they give the time and the space or have your story told and really talk about the end result of what it actually does, skipping through all the features and going straight to the benefits spoken from someone else's point of view. It's a classic copywriting maxim, isn't it? If you sell something complicated, make it sound simple. 
And if you sell something simple, make it sound complicated. <laughs> you said get, you know, have a lot of them. I recall Jay Abraham at some point had an entire ebook stuffed full of thousands of testimonials. Now, I don't think a testimonial qualifies the same as a case study. I think we're talking about a different quality and structure and testimonials might often be a blurb or a sentence. The case study is more of a story. Like you said, it's helping someone place themselves in that moment and the more relevant, the better. So imagine why if you had a few different case studies, you could use ones that are hyper relevant. And then it reminded me of someone I know who might go into a new industry and he has zero case studies. You know, you talk about the person listening to this thinking, well, I haven't been around as long as James. I don't have success stories. I know some people use case studies where they actually pick something in the market and they actually tell a story about something that goes on the market. Like almost every business book talks about Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, mm -hmm. Jeff Bezos to death. I'm sure most of these authors don't even know these people or have never met them. And in some places, they're not even alive anymore, these famous people that they talk about. But they are talking about a story of someone going through a journey and they're applying that to what they do. So that's sort of interesting to me. Of course, there's nothing more rewarding than your own case study of someone who went through your stuff and they're willing to share it. Yeah, James, you're completely right. Now, when we first started our company and our agency, we didn't have our own case studies, obviously. So we had to rely on case studies of other businesses who had grown and other companies who had done what we were trying to do for our clients. But as soon as you can, like the moment that you can actually turn it around and have a case study about what you've done, that just makes it so much more powerful. So it's always nice to have you know, a lean back on saying, hey, here's what we've done for another client. I can do that for you as well. Versus, hey, here's how another company that we had no association with did it. I think I can replicate that for you. But you know, I've always said, use what you have and get yourself to the point where you've got more assets and more case studies. We've all got to start from somewhere. So it's completely fine to do one about another company. How would you approach someone to ask them if you can do a case study about them? Because I imagine some people would be in industries where they want to keep you a secret. You're their secret weapon. That's happened to me before. And then other people will happily do it because they're just so excited and they don't feel any threat. What's the system you have? Yep. So there's two ways of doing it, depending on what structure and what processes you've got in your business. So for some of our clients, they run a monthly NPS survey, which is Net Promoter Score. And a lot of the times, I mean, we're pretty picky about the clients we work with, so they all do a pretty good job for their clients. But when they get nines and tens, as in their customers being very happy with how they've been treated, what we'll do is we'll have an automated email sequence that goes out to the customers who answered nine or 10 on a happiness scale. And we'll say, look, We've just loved this. Thank you so much. We love having you as a client. I was just wondering if you'd be willing to jump on the quick call and for us to record this and share this with the world. If you are, we'd love to give you something to say thank you. So we incentivize the act of someone taking time out of their day to come through and talk about how awesome we are. That's just one side of it where my clients do have NPS set up. In our case, when we're moving to a model where we do have NPS, but we work with not that many clients. So we're quite boutique. So we're very closely attached to all of our clients and we talk to them fairly often. So what we do is every time we have a significant win or something's going really, really well, we'll turn around and say, hey, look, is it okay for you if we did this thing where we shared how we did this with the rest of the world? We're not going to share this, how we've done it, but we're just going to share the story behind you know, how this process has come to be. We don't share the secrets. We just share the wins and the story behind it. And most of our clients, you know, some of them obviously don't want their story out there. They just want to fly under the radar and just keep winning. And that's completely fine. Not every single person is going to be comfortable doing this, but the ones who are willing to, there's more of them out there than you would expect. Yeah. So we found, um, I'm doing the NPS score, the net promoter score, and we use nice reply. And when someone does give a 10, and if they add any extra comments, 
it's easy for us to sort of tag on and say, would you be willing to share that? And the thing that our guests would like, we don't send a prize or anything, anything like that. I don't want to be accused of having an incentivized case study. I'm sure there's probably nothing wrong with that. Well, in fact, I don't even know. But in any case, we don't. So it's irrelevant to us. But what I do think in my market, plenty of people would quite like to be on my podcast. It would be considered good for them. So when I say to them, would you like to come and share your story on my podcast? We could sell lots of your books or we can drive plenty of traffic to your website. That would definitely be interesting to a lot of my audience if they have something that is similar to what my audience would like. The second thing is in Superfast Business, we have a success thread and that's a good starting point. When someone posts a success, I will often post, we should podcast about that. And then, you know, often they'll say, I'd love to. Or, oh, not yet. I'm a bit shy or wait till I have another success down the track. And that's fine as well. So um, there's no pressure. The other way that I've found use cases is when I know people are consuming my information and we're close on social messaging or whatever. I check in with them. I see how they're going. If they tell me they've had a win, then I might also then say, hey, let's podcast about it. Let's share that. And often they will feel generous towards that because they feel warmth and reciprocity. So you know, straight up Cialdini. So there's a few ways. If you listen to this, Will's given you some good ones. The net promoter score, the success radar, we'll call it a way to capture people who are having success and ask them if they'd like to share that, give them some reassurance that they can have some control over how much privacy is, you know, or disclosure is involved. An interesting one sort of approaching that topic is when I started another podcast called Sales Marketing Profit, it was very popular. And my friend Taki Moore and I alternated from episode to episode. And our guests were never there, but we talked about them. Sometimes we mentioned them by name and their business, and other times we obfuscated those details for privacy. So we could still share the case study, but we didn't have to name the person or the actual website because in some cases, and it's a totally valid concern, I've experienced this and no doubt you have too by now, Will, is that some people just want to cut and paste and just basically that case study could lead people to start emulating or copying that market or putting too much attention on it. So that's something just to be aware of. When you're doing case studies, be aware that you could be educating a copycat. So that's one of the sort of the evil dark secrets of case studies, but also the upside is you might actually get fame and fortune and more business. And I've often said, I think the bigger challenge most people have is not that they're being copied or ripped off. It's more that no one knows about them or that they actually exist. And so they're not likely to be copied, but no one's going to buy from them either because they're completely invisible. <laughs> I think, you know, by the time you get to the point where you're being copied, you've done something right. <laughs> you've done something right. And there's other ways to deal with that, I think. But you're right, though. You don't want to be giving up trade secrets in your case studies. And that's something that we're very, very conscious of. Because the way I look at it is, you know, our clients pay us to run campaigns for them and to create unique campaigns. They don't pass to plaster all over the world and give everyone else the same secrets that they pay us for. So for me, case studies are more about the story itself and how you got to where they are or where you are, not necessarily every single step that they took to actually complete the journey itself. And what about the marketing technique where people say, I'll give you a special rate if you agree to provide a case study? What's your stance on that? I'm just curious. I'm pretty neutral. I don't know how I feel about that. I could see that it might be good for everyone. It could be bad for someone. I'm not sure. 
I'm generally not a huge fan of it. I know it works in e-commerce. So I don't mind it because you know if you've got the margin for it, why wouldn't you go and get some user-generated case studies of content? It makes sense. But for a thing like an agency, my biggest takeaway in terms of creating case studies is I want honest opinion. I don't want to cloud the opinion by giving them you know a discount or anything like that. It's just not how we operate. It does create a bias, doesn't it? And the possibility that someone is like a it's a paid for comment. It seems like more like a politician where the big companies giving them donation funds so that they can say what they want. <laughs> not that that would ever happen, but I imagine it might occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, one thing that we do do though is after the case has actually been done, we do send um, our clients' clients a thank you box. Yeah, I think that's very smart. That's acknowledging that they've done something nice for you. And if it wasn't fully promised or if that's not the sole reason someone's doing it, I think that's super awesome. You've done that to me. You invited me out to dinner once as a kind gesture just to spend time and to do something together that's never got you an extra podcast episode or whatever but it's always separated you in my mind as someone who's generous and genuine who goes out of their way to really get to know people that's something that copywriters do they have a higher level of empathy and they want to go deeper with their relationships so they can actually understand them better and be more valuable and i think that was notable in a rare instance it did remind me of the old Mercedes-Benz days when we used to do very special things for very special clients, and they were the ones more likely to want to share and to provide referrals and to do things that were unsolicited. Plus, it was just a really good excuse to have a nice meal and have some have fun and yeah. <laughs> These days, we're more likely to have a surf. I'm just I'm looking at the uh, picture of me in the camera, thinking I'm. I look like the Joker from Batman. I've got so much zinc on my face from today. The sun is out in force. <laughs> I didn't get all cleaned up. I'm literally straight out of the ocean before this call. And I love that you do that too now. We're kind of soul brothers. <laughs> yeah, so soul brothers for sure. Awesome. So James, I think with the next step, so we've discussed, you know, looking at what case studies are, how we get them. Maybe I think next bit is I can go into some of the writing and creating the case studies because I know I get asked a lot, how, well, how do you actually put it together? Like, how do you create a case study? So maybe I can share some ideas around. We need to do that. I imagine there's a framework. Side note on that, when I wanted case studies for my book, I got someone to help me create the case studies because I didn't want to spend the time and I didn't want to get on the phone and I didn't want to speak to the end user not because I don't like them, whatever, but it's just that's valuable family time or surf time that I could be doing something else. So it's important to know that all the things we're talking about here could be bought. You could pay Will and his team to do the stuff we're talking about, or you can have a crack at it yourself, depending on where you're at with your budget and where your business size is at. But if you do this yourself, you will be soon in a point where you can pay for someone else because this case study stuff is so powerful. So when someone hires you to generate a case study, what is your process? Yep. So we've got a process and a framework in terms of getting this done. And my framework is all based around stories. I mean, the last podcast episode we did was all about stories. And this one is, in a sense, using stories in a different format. So one of the things I always see when people do their own case studies is they do a, for lack of a better term, a pretty boring case study. It's all about them. It's all about how great they are. It doesn't go into enough of the juicy details. And it's just not relatable and not effective. So our process with our clients is 
we really look at the entire journey of their clients and how they started working together, but also some of the doubts and frustrations they had before they even came on board with my clients. So we're going to, you know, making it all about the end client. We're going to their story, their journey, what they were struggling with, but also some of the things that they were thinking about and the objections about coming on board with my clients. So people might say things like, oh, I wasn't sure because the budget was really high and I didn't know if I can afford it. Or they might say things like, I never used a service like this before, or there might be a million other services just like theirs. And I wasn't sure if there would be the right one for me. So I'm building, you know, relatability. I'm building sales objections into the case study. I'm building this journey and this story of where they were before and all the frustrations that we're going through to the point where, you know, we did this one thing. And I won't go into the detail about the features because it's not what the case studies are about. It's about the journey, not the features of the product or service. And then paint a picture of the end result of where the clients have ended up. So that's the framework and process that we go through. In the last episode, we did talk about an entire story framework. The case study framework is kind of like that, except shortened up a little bit. So we don't hit every single point of it, but it's good enough to get someone you know who might be on the fence to look at it and go, okay, now I'm ready. Yeah. So I love that you're getting into the mind of a prospect who hasn't pulled the trigger on a purchase, but can see what happened to someone else who was in the exact same scenario and it ended up being okay. Exactly, because we've got to look back and look at it, you know, objectively, what is the point of case study? And you know, I don't want anyone out there listening to this to go, oh, case studies are great. Let's just do one for the sake of it. There's always going to be a reasoning behind your marketing. And so the reasoning behind the case studies for most of my clients and ourselves definitely is that we want more leads and more sales coming from this marketing activity. So I always think back and go, well, how can this piece of work lead to more leads, lead to more sales and customers? Well, why don't we use it as a conversion piece as well as a lead generation piece? I think of it like a demo, like back at Mercedes-Benz, we used to let people drive the car so they could actually experience what it's like to own the car without owning the car. And if they liked it enough, then they would own the car. And I think the case study is like letting them test drive what it would be like working with Will or James before they start that and hearing how someone else went gives them enough confidence. It basically increases the trust. It reduces the risk of a mistake, which I think is huge. The fear of making a mistake stops people from buying. And it will be the difference between moving ahead or not. It goes really under this category of doing good pre-marketing. And you can use this in your post-sales pitch follow-up prior to someone ordering. You know, If they see a sales page but don't buy, you could send them a case study. And I literally do that. If someone visits my sales page and doesn't buy, they go into a sales abandonment sequence. And one of the sales abandonment sequences leads to a video of a client of mine who explains his case study and how the involvement in my membership was so transformational for him in such a short time. The funny story about that is that client went on later to upgrade and he's now in the silver circle category of my coaching. He's like literally one of the last people to sneak in before I close that roller shutter. And he's killing it, absolutely killing it. So he was just so blown away. He wanted to share the story. He sent me the video. I didn't even ask for it. I just opened my email. There was a video. And I said, can I use this in my marketing? He said, I, I wouldn't have made it unless I wanted you to. <laughs> so that was great. And you know, that's just a good example of how someone who might be hesitant could overcome their hesitancy by seeing that other people managed to get through it. Like watching someone walk the hot fire coals at a motivational event and seeing other people get off the end without burning their feet, they might think, oh, I could actually do this. I could do this. Yeah, that's a really interesting use case as well, because I guess the next part is, you know, where do we use case studies and how do we promote them? Everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) 
podcast. I sell so much from my podcast because of the case studies. That's why I like them because it's selling without selling. It's just talking about things that already happened, not hypothetical, what could happen. It's a test drive. People can place themselves in the shoes of that person and think, I'm a bit like that person and I have a similar problem and they were able to solve it. Maybe I could too. And if I use the same thing they did, possibly I could get the same result that they did as well. I think that's how it's so powerful. So I've already listed a few books, email sequences, podcasts, a sales page, checkout page, videos. You could probably just put them up on whatever favorite video platform you've got with a call to action under it. But I'm sure you've come up with a few other ways to use them, Will. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, I absolutely love using case studies. For me, it's a lead generation tool and also a conversion one at the same time. And typically, when we do campaigns, we've got to split them out. Like, we've got to get campaigns where we're just getting leads through, you're going to nurture, and then you're going to convert. But case studies can do both. So that's why I love them so much. You can use them on the telephone as well. Mm. If you ever do telephone sales, you can talk about a case study, just step out a case study, the same as if it was written. And that's just as powerful in a telephone format. Yeah, I actually had a sales call today where it was literally someone who's in a similar industry to case study we've got, and it made the sale so, so much easier just by saying, hey, we've got this other client who are similar to you, look what we've done for them. So you know, in terms of using the case studies, we've come up with some pretty creative ways and our clients use them in some pretty good ways as well. So the most obvious one is we run a bunch of ads to case studies. So Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads, Google ads sometimes as well. And what we've found is that while it might be a little bit more expensive to get the leads to sign up because you know they've got to go through and watch this thing or read this thing, and it takes a little bit of time to come out of their day to do so, the lead quality when you put someone in front of a case study versus just a lead magnet, it's just night and day. It's you know some of the best sales and best clients my clients have got have actually come from putting a case study in front of a phone call. So that's one way that we're using it. We're using it to get some of our clients in with the biggest companies in the world. You know, these are the multinationals that everyone's got a hard time getting in front of. And we've leveraged case studies and cold emails to open the door to those conversations. Now that's going to be done in a very subtle way. And, you know, that's another conversation we can have next time, but that's just another way to get your foot in the door with some really big companies that you typically wouldn't get the time of day from unless you had something like this to do it with. And there's other ways to, you know, do that as well. We've just seen it used across so many different platforms in so many interesting ways, both in terms of lead generation and conversion itself. Yeah, I think the cold case study outreach is one of the all-time classics. It's like just the hottest possible way to break through. I even had a fun sort of reverse LinkedIn conversation the other day. Someone did the LinkedIn thing where they say, hey, good to connect with you. You know, Tell me all about yourself. And they said, we do blah, 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 blah. And I just replied back and I said, I coach people like you. And they're like, oh, yeah, so what do you know about me? And I'm like, well, I know that you like to blah, 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 blah. I just repeated back what they told me. And I can see that you use cold outreach and LinkedIn as a marketing technique. And I can see that you're a copywriter. So that's what I know about you. And they said, well, so why do you think I need coaching? I said, I didn't say you need coaching. I said, I coach people like you. (laughs) I didn't have an opinion on whether you need coaching or not. But I said, who do you admire when it comes to copywriting? And what's your current business model? And then they tell me that. And then I'm basically able to then say, well, based on what you've told me now, I know a little bit about you. And, you know, I'll mention, if they mention anyone who I've coached, then that is my case study right there. I can use a case study. Like if it was Kevin Rogers, for example, I could say, hey, look, I know a copywriter who was always looking for the next job and he had feast or famine. 
And then, you know, he'd stress about getting the work and then he'd get the work and then he'd stress about delivering the work. And I helped him turn that into a membership, which is seven or eight years down the track now. It's absolutely killing it. He's awesome, loving life. And that's the sort of thing that I coach copywriters with. That person might then say, okay, well, maybe I could get help from you or whatever. But the whole point was I was minding my own business until they lobbed into my cold outreach trying to sell me on something and I'm flipping the script. So that's my reverse cold call pitch. But I'll probably use a case study in my reverse cold call pitch because that's not trying to sell someone anything. That's just letting them know that someone just like them had experienced a fantastic transformation and that you were a part of facilitating that. And they can inform themselves whether that's a good idea to go forward or not. That's the beauty, isn't it? It's, it's just like inception. It's not like we're trying to sell to them. They convince themselves to buy based on someone else's story. And I think it comes down to what you think selling even means. And I've talked about this a lot. I think it's about creating the environment where the prospect can clearly see for themselves that they would be better off for making the decision to go forward with you. And I think a case study is almost the perfect way to do that. I think the other way to do it, and it's a related cousin, is the documentary but I think a case study literally is documenting the journey someone's already had. You said it in the beginning of this show. It's a story. If you can document success stories of people who have already been down the track, just like the prospect, then there's a good chance you're going to help that prospect make a decision to come on board with you because they think they'll be better off and you won't need 71 tricky closes or tie downs or tag ons or all the rest of the sales crap you learned from the 80s to do that. They'll be asking, when can they start? What do they need to do next? Will you accept them into your program? All, all these you know, crazy things that people will say when they actually want to move forward without you having to force, coerce, manipulate, push, or um, make them do something. Yeah. Okay, what next, Will? Yep. So we've discussed you know, why case studies, what they look like, how to write them, the structure behind them. We've also talked about you know, how you can use them to get more leads and to get more clients. I guess there's not really much else beyond that. Where to get them? Who can I pay to do a case study for me? <laughs> Great question. We're doing this for clients at the moment. It's become one of those things where, you know, once you put it out to me, hey, you're already doing this for clients. Why wouldn't other business want this? It just made so much sense. We had so much demand for it. So if they want help with the case studies, we do it from end to end, including you know, jumping on the phone and recording those Zoom videos and doing the video editing, everything like that. So if they want help with it, more than happy to help them. I'm such a big fan of case studies. I love doing these for ourselves and for our clients. Just reach out to me at will at growflapswithvizit.com and we can get them sorted out with a case study of their own. You can inception them. You can show them a case study of how you did a case study for someone <laughs> and um, they got results. That would be pretty cool. We've got, we got a few of those coming along. <laughs> nice. Will, I love our chats. I think we've said everything that needs to be said on this one. If you've got a question for Will, then flick it over to me. Respond to one of my emails, post it near this video. Will has promised me to come back and talk about more topics if you want something for him to cover. I love talking to Will. It's always exciting. We get to share some stories and see how we're using it. I'm a huge fan of case studies and Will. So it's great to combine my two things that I'm excited about. Get out there, get your case study going. Whether you get help, whether you do it yourself, doesn't matter. If you've done a great case study and got an amazing result, then share that with us. Uh, let us know where you see this episode. Get involved in the conversation. And uh, Will Wang, thank you for joining us. We'll put this up on episode 867, superfastbusiness.com with a transcription. I'm James Framco. I've been speaking to Will Wang from Growth Labs with a Z.com. He's an amazing marketing agency slash copywriter slash storyteller slash case study generator. Good man. See you, buddy. Thanks so much, James. 